0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. this, Cowboys? Yes! Go, Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, Kelsey Charles and Jane Slater.
1: Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I'm your host, Jane Slater, joined by the aforementioned Aisha Morrison, Kelsey Charles, who's talking to us remotely, and of course, Jess Nalveris. I always screw it up. It's, it's okay. It's you know okay. what? You try Nalveris. and I appreciate
2: it. Nalveris. You Nalveris. got Nalveris. this, girl.
1: I believe in uh, you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, nice little day off yesterday. I got to interview Joe Theismann. Fun fact, I didn't know this. Maybe some of y'all... Did did you know his real name is Joe Thiesman? Really? No. They changed it to Thiesman when he went to Notre Dame as part of a Heisman campaign, and it stuck oh. for oh, his kids and his family wow. moving forward. Now, some people that are listening to this yeah. uh, of the older generation, they they're probably familiar with that story. But I just I thought that interesting. was interesting, and I know he was a. Washington Commanders back then, um, obviously different mascot, uh, and won a Super Bowl with them. But just thought that was interesting. A hmm. former divisional quarterback uh, talked a lot about adversity, and the the Cowboys have got their fair share of adversity, and they've also had their fair share of sound this week. Did you guys listen to uh, Mike McCarthy today talking about Kellen Moore and the need for him to call a more conservative game? And I know it raised a, some eyebrows. But because you watch so much of the film, Aisha, I'll start with you.
3: What do you think he implied by that? Um, so basically, and I, I mentioned this uh, earlier this week, is that I personally think that looking at the the way that the Cowboys run offense, I feel like there are a lot, a lot of similar similarities as there were last year. But some of those guys on the outside, like Amari Cooper, the CD Lamb, Michael Gallup obviously isn't playing. Like those guys, they can – they can beat some of those coverages they can you know and what you're seeing now this year i feel like it's similar play calling but those those young receivers are having trouble but then also you got to take i think they're going to have to take the short passes i think that they're going to have to kind of turn back the clock and be methodical and be simple with their offensive play calling so it can open up some of the down the field stuff and stuff so Personally, what I, what I took from what he was saying is that you don't have some of these guys that can just, you don't have numerous guys who can go beat yeah. guys one-on-one. You are going to have to, in my opinion, the Cowboys have to put out some good tape. The last tape that people have seen from them from the middle of the season last year till the playoff game to game one of this season, they don't look like they can run the ball. They struggle when you drop DBs in coverage, and this is a, and the offensive line has had trouble. So I think that defenses are looking at that moving forward, and they really are like, you're going to have to go down the field. You're going to have to put together good drives. You're going to have to not get penalties. So the Cowboys are when I, I kind of understand the conservative take. I think it's more so just. Let's fundamental football, as you've talked about, Jess, just get back to the basics and hopefully hopefully that opens up the other exotic stuff that you want to do, because right now you don't look like you can do the basics well. And I think that's kind of what he was saying there. But then also. There is nothing wrong with a head coach tapping their offensive line, offensive uh, coordinator on their shoulder and being like, if this is working, stick to it. And this is something fans, I can say, has, have been asking about and asking for for a while is like, hey, why isn't there being that adjustment made? Why is like if Kellen looks like he's struggling and we have seen deep like we've seen him go head to head with defensive coordinators and they get the best of him in different s- instances. So. I also was happy in some regard to hear that Mike McCarthy addressed it, and hopefully it's something that they continue to do moving forward because Mike McCarthy has been a play caller. He has experience as a play caller. Not only that, he has experience as a play caller with two running backs. And where they turn running backs, sometimes it's receiver options. So when you see the lack of, I don't know, the offensive efficiency, it's frustrating because it's like, I know this guy has put input into offenses that were at this level or even less than and they were productive.
1: I love that you yeah. brought that up because ladies, I've asked, you know, Mike point blank, why not just call the place? Yeah. And he has said that, you know, he learned when he was in Green Bay that you've got to do a better job of delegating. Yes. And he also said that it just took him and Kellen a little bit of time in terms of terminology mm. and what he was trying to accomplish and what Mike was trying to accomplish. But you know, he told us last season that he was gonna be more involved in in the room with the quarterbacks, more mm-hmm. involved in this offense. I just wonder the level of his involvement this week versus in the weeks past. I mean, just when when you listen to some of his comments and yeah, you know, you've watched some of the film, what stands out to you about Kellen Moore and, and what he's doing? so far.
2: Yeah, I, I just see the same issues, and it's not establishing things early on, and, and that's in regards to the run game. I think it's so vital for a team that has a running back duo like Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, and and I think when you escape the run too early in the game and you don't allow those guys to establish the run game, you're in trouble either way, right? And then, uh, you know, Aisha, to your point, talking about comparisons from last season, they had those veteran wide receivers, and, and a name I think that gets slept on quite a lot is is Cedric Wilson. Mm -hmm. He was also a very key target, especially last season with his, let's see, catching rate of 73.8%. I mean, I I think the loss of him, the loss of Amari over the offseason is really, really uh, a tough pill to swallow when you don't have that veteran presence on your wide receiver core. And and I think that's something that, you know, going into this season, Kellen Moore needed to adjust to, Mm -hmm. needed to adjust to the fact that you have a younger wide receiver core. You have, you know, rookies essentially Having to step up for these bigger name guys, if you will, and and I think not relying and pushing the run game as much as he needs to be is exactly the issue that where we are now, and and um, I, I think. You know, you have you have the luxury of having two running backs. You have Ezekiel Elliott who pounds and pounds out of that hole. He has that speed to get out when you give him the chance to build that momentum. And then you have Tony Pollard that you can interchange him with. So Zeke isn't getting fatigued. He's not getting those reps over and over and over to where he's not getting the yardage. You have the run game. You have the tools for it, given we know the O-line situation. But really, it's how can you give the O-line a chance when you're not establishing the run either? you got to do something. You, you really don't know one. what your O-line is yes. capable of with this run game until right. you give them the chance to establish right. the run game. We didn't even get to see that. With 10, 10 Zeke touches, how can you really know if this O-line can hold up for that run or not? And
3: penalties but, didn't help either. Well, that's where uh, I was going to go. Don't I, get I, me started. I think, it's, I, think
1: it's, I think it's hard for them to stick with the run when you are getting these penalties that's, that's putting you behind. And the Kelsey, pre-snap penalties, well, too. And, and Kelsey, I don't know if you saw this uh it's from michael Gelkin, dallas morning news he got this away from the cameras but when he was asking cd lamb about you know his two for 11 uh against the bucks cd said i was so i don't think i can use the word ticked off i'll <laughs> clarify uh i was just like what was going on i had to have a flashback yeah you're gonna get all the attention out this is what they were talking about i love the admission and the vulnerability there but how would how did you not know that you were going to get targeted as much. I mean, you're now, they keep saying mm-hmm. like you're the guy, and there's not a lot of guys on the roster. And then you bring up Cedric Wilson's catching rate. Well, of course it was high when they got the ball to him last year because they were so hyper focused on the CeeDee Lamb, the Amari yeah. Coopers, the Michael Gallops. And the absence of all of that, They really only have to focus. I feel like they only gave respect really to two guys. And that was, I think they focused a lot on Tony Pollard Mm -hmm. in the last game. And tell me if I'm wrong when you've looked at some of the tape, but, and they focused a lot on CD lamb.
2: Yeah.
1: But I'm shocked that
3: that he wouldn't think that. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, people say it all the time, and I believe that DeMarcus Lawrence said it this week, is like, they want complimentary football, and on the, like, I think that can happen just, like, with one side of the ball, and there, it's not complimentary on the offensive side of the ball. To me, they just have to show that something is successful, because if you don't show that anything is successful offensively, then... The defense comes in and they like the defense comes in and they're they're paying they're keying in on everything that you're doing. Yeah. So to me, I really feel like this game is establishing something positive, putting some Whoa. positive tape out there for people to second guess. Because right now not second they had a <laughs> they had a positive I'm gonna jump
1: a, in real quick, guys.
0: Because well, Kelsey, i, I, Kelsey, I feel Kelsey, like
3: Kelsey, they had yeah, a like,
1: positive opening
0: drive.
3: Tracking that. Yeah. Right. But then after and, that and it kinda fell apart.
0: Penalties. Here's my thing, is that we keep talking about, like, we need them to be, you know, I think balance is a big thing that this team needs to focus on. We talked about the differentiation between, like, how much they were targeting CD. CD seems surprised by the fact that this defense, the uh, opposing defenses are knowing that that's exactly where Kellen Moore is going to go. So, Kellen has to do a better job of spreading out the love mm-hmm. to the rest of the team. Yeah. But also, I feel like, you know, we talk a lot about fundamentals. And again, we could just, you know, be a dead horse forever and ever about penalties. One of the things that I think this team really needs to take a step back and do is is look at the anatomy of this year's team versus last year's team. Mm. You are working with an entire different set of tools. You cannot do the same things you did last year and consider them applicable this season. Mm -hmm. You you it's not even close. So like Kellen Moore coming out and being cute on some of those first drives maybe last year that could have made some sense. Yeah. You want creativity. Yes. Everyone's you know, begging him to do something different. Well, the difference this year is that you have completely different guys out there on the field. So you have to get used to that first, and you have to build those fundamental blocks, if yeah. you will, and to even be able to, you know, get some kind of rhythm developed. Yes. And then I'm looking to him to add something more on top of it. Mm. Give me the cherry on top, but I need you to, like, figure out – the Sunday first, because, like, it's melting at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, and Kelsey, to your point, I was just looking over my game log. Their first drive when they had the 14 plays went for 54 yards, even though it resulted in literally their only points in the game. It was a 51-yard field goal from Brett Maher. Maher. They had six different receivers on that drive. Uh, They did – run the ball they did get it out to their receivers so it felt more balanced but then it's like you started moving away from it a a lot of there was a lot of incomplete passes uh in this game you know as I was logging it there was a ton of incompletions and yes Dak was throwing into some tight windows but even listening to some of the guys this week it sounded like some of the guys weren't running the right routes and I I have a hard time believing that it's going to get any better with Cooper Rush, even though they did get some work with him in the preseason, which was different than what they got with Dak. You know, most of their meaningful work uh, with the ones was during the joint practices. But as much as they're saying publicly how much confidence they have in Dak, I mean, in Cooper Rush, I just have a hard time believing that we're going to see this offense suddenly thrill us uh, in week
3: two. I think you could see more of, I think you could see more spread in the ball just because Cooper Rush just, He's a, I, uh Dak, and there's no it's no knock to Dak, but he's always been a little bit more of a conservative, you know, yeah. uh, quarterback. There's nothing wrong. Game management's nothing wrong with that. It's not a bad word out here in these streets. <laughs> but I um, I do I do see him like not being afraid to go down the field a little bit. I I want them to show some type of vertical threat. Just get these guys on their heels. Just just have those DBs come off the line a little bit more. Like. Hopefully Turpin gets some burn in this game. Um, I think they tried him on like this option route. That was kind of nice, but by that time, nobody cares about what you're doing in a run game because they know you're going to go away from it. But I hope that it's early that they established some type of like, no, we're going to go down the field a few times because if you're not spreading the ball, why would safeties care? They're going to come down and play in the box.
1: Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break here real quick, but Micah Parsons said – the other day that he saw this 0-1 start as an opportunity and likened it to the opportunity and the success they had in week two last year. Why I take issue with that when we come back. For the Girls Talk, Boys Talk podcast brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back.
0: At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want
1: the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home.
0: But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Dear past, present, and future football watchers. You know why we're here. The football season is back! And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. Like, maybe those in-laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked. Long story short, crack open a Pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching. With love, Pepsi, made for football watching. Ah, that's what I
3: like. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages, with pre-game sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel? Attend the best tailgate party in Texas? Tour the star and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With star sports tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today.
1: I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket, so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
1: Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I am impressed with the leadership uh, prowess of Micah Parsons in year two. We even saw some of that in year one. But he was looking at this as uh, an opportunity in week two, and he likened it to last year when they lost to Marcus Lawrence and was just the most random injury at practice, a non-contact drill uh, with one of the tackling dummies. And it, it felt bad, you know, heading into – especially after you were coming off of what felt like a really close win against the Bucks, and now you're going and facing Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Yeah. But I went back and looked at that game, and respectfully, Micah, I disagree because while you lost to Marcus Lawrence, Micah ended up stepping up in that game and had a sack. Trayvon Diggs had an interception, but specifically when you look at the offense, in that one, Tony Pollard had over 100 yards. Uh, in that one, Cee La- CeeDee Lamb had 81 yards. I don't know if I have the sort of confidence in this offense and their ability to respond in week two. In other words, they don't have a Micah Parsons that can step up in the absence of DeMarcus Lawrence. Mm -hmm. I mean, Micah Parsons did so well last year, they were going to DeMarcus Lawrence and restructuring his deal. Yeah. And that says everything you need to know about how they felt about Micah and and what was behind him. I don't think there's a guy in this offense, specifically at quarterback, that is going to do such a good job of filling in the gaps that we're talking to Dak about redoing his deal next year. Seriously. I mean,
3: I think I kind of understand uh, the game planning aspect of it to have a similar game plan as the Chargers. the Chargers game. I would argue that was obviously one of their better running games. They got, I mean uh, – Tony killed them on the edge. I mean, they they got a lot. Like they struggled with outside contain. Um, the Chargers did. So you do look at this game like you kind of want the similar thing. And then Ezekiel Elliott had a whole bunch of yards. Like it's. I think that they kind of want to play off play off the run. So I get maybe like comparing it to the Chargers because the game plan may be similar. Um, as far as like we don't have. There's not a person on the offense that is a Michael Parsons quality to cup in and step in for a Dak. Like I said, I, I think it's just gonna be an all around thing. This run game is gonna have to be productive and yeah. actually have some type of succession running the ball. Like that's all that's all I said. But I do understand yeah. kind of what he's saying about the circumstances with the game, maybe the game planning for how they want to tackle beating or the Cincinnati. Beatles. Even just
2: the mentality of it, right? I, I mean. Here's the thing. I think in order for there to be any form of a pulse early on in this game, the the defense is going to have to take more of the workload. Let's be honest with it, and and I think in order to do that, they need to stack up the interceptions. They need to put the pressure on Joey B. Uh, they need to get in that pocket, and and they need to allow him to make those mistakes. And and by mistakes, it works out for the Cowboys, right? Like you're getting the ball, but it, it's all it's all going to come down to your field position. And and I think the helping the offense in that way of you get them good field position, look. What else could you do for them if you're if you're getting the interceptions, you're getting them good field position. That even goes down to special teams. You know, mm-hmm. our punts need to be great. Everything needs to be great. Turbo Turpin needs to turn on his jets. There's <laughs> so many different factors that go into everybody outside of the offense stepping up to help the offense, and their their lack of. I, I mean, I don't even want to call it chemistry at this point. I, I think it's so much I mean, more. Yeah, than I don't that. know as far as that.
0: Well, I think that's like, a, that that feels aggressive, but I feel like like you you mentioned interceptions, Jess, and I think. You know, obviously, I think a ton is on the defense, but yeah. I think I mentioned this the other day. When, when, you, when you talk about interceptions, it really is like the defense operates as this whole massive unit. Yes. I'm looking at that front seven. Mm. You know, when you, when you look back to like some of the great defenses, it's those guys up front who are creating pressure and therefore creating opportunities for that secondary. So Trayvon Diggs, like, stand up, be ready. De- De- Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, like yes. my eyes are on you. You know, Jane, you talked about the leaky left side yep. with this offensive line for you know the Bengals. This has been a problem for them for a minute. Granted, they came in and they added Lyell on the right, but I know that you guys listened to 105 Through The Fan with um, DeMarcus Lawrence's interview, mm-hmm. and he actually made a pretty inter- interesting comment that I actually you know I, I love this. And and he said, "Listen, uh, I watched Lyle, and he he had a hard time with TJ Watt. So <laughs> I'm going to send Micah Parsons over there, and uh, <laughs> yeah, like I'll be over there too." So I actually feel like that's going to be a major emphasis for us to be watching this weekend and what this defensive front can actually produce, and then therefore, you know, create opportunities for Trayvon Diggs and the guys to create better field position for you know the team moving forward. All
1: yeah. right. Well, they had a hard enough time shutting down Julio Jones last week. How are they going to how are they going to hold up against Jamar Chase? Well, I well, I mean, as far as the secondary goes, it it sounds
3: like there's no J. Ron Curse. Mm-hmm. You're going to be leaning on. Izzy, who wasn't even dressed out last week. I, well, I, I think Donovan Wilson still had a good game filling in for J. Ron Curse. I, I looked yeah. for him this game. It sounds like uh, Marquise Bell and Israel are going to get some burn, too. We'll see. I said earlier that I think that the safety play is going to be so important mm-hmm. in this game because mm-hmm. if you can replicate at all what Mika Fitzpatrick did, then they're going to have a problem. What To your point, Jess, I, the Cowboys have to if – cap. if the defense does get turnovers – they have to capitalize off of them. Yes. Because when you look at that that game last week, it shouldn't have been that close. When you're, when the opposing team has that many turnovers, like Cincinnati had, what, five turnovers? Yeah. And Pittsburgh, they couldn't capitalize fully. They weren't turning those into sevens. Like, they weren't putting points on the board with those turnovers. So, that, Brett Maher's going <laughs> to... Brett Maher is going to have to be ready. Brett Maher better well, come and save the day. That's all I'm saying. If he needs
2: to, he needs to be ready. And, and that goes along with just everybody else being on the ready, you know? Yeah. Well, to your
1: point, what was it? Third and three, Tampa Bay's 48. Donovan Wilson last week had the interception uh, with the pass intended uh, for what's-his-face. And they didn't capitalize.
3: Yeah. You yeah. know, here
1: we are at the end of the game. It was Tampa Bay 19, Dallas 3. And they literally couldn't do anything with it. They've, I just, I, in listening to all of you talk, it sounds like they've got to play free fairly error-free football. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I've got the con- – and maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to speak for the rest of you. But are you that confident that this team can play error-free football against the Bengals?
3: Um, no. No, I'm not. But they're also coming off of a very erroneous game. So yeah. they are trying to come in here and get their feel too. It's a, but they still have Joe Burrow. Tracking that. They, they tracking still that. Have Jamar they, Chase. they definitely have more – yeah, absolutely. I'm not taking anything away from what they can do offensively. Also, their defense – has earned – they've earned the respect that they Mm -hmm. have now. Like, they've earned that. They put that roster together with their million first-round picks. This is how it goes. But at the same time, I'm like – they're both in a place to where I'm not – I'm not sure about – I'm more sure about their receiving core and what they do, you know, but at the same time, I'm not sure about either one's, like, offensive line is going to be amazing. I think Dallas's offensive line has the opportunity to run the ball. But Cincinnati's offensive line, that left and right tackle – No offense to Leo Collins, but if I'm looking on film, I'm like, I'm going at him. I'm going at him, and I think that both teams could see some success rushing the passer this game.
1: I think what concerned me in that game, and I know it sounds like doom and gloom and it's sounding really bleak this week when you listen to me talk, both on NFL Network and here, what concerns me is what their defense was able to do against the Steelers, limiting Chase Claypool, limiting Najee Harris, weathering five turnovers. Mm -hmm. I... You think that Pittsburgh? You think Pittsburgh's offense is worse than? I don't think. Than Dallas? I don't think that Pittsburgh's offense is better than Dallas, but I don't know if I believe the defense can hold up as long as their defense did against the Steelers.
3: Mm. I think you have the depth to do it. I think, especially on the defensive line. I thought the DTs played pretty well this past game. Really, where the success of the Bucks came from was the left side of the defensive line. So they were running. They were running at Dorns. They were running late, and they were, you know, they were running at that side, trying to get, trying to catch uh, Trayvon Diggs, having to come up and tackle. So I feel like pressure-wise, I just want to see. I do want to see more pressure from the Cowboys' defensive line. Granted, you're not playing, you're not playing a Tom Brady that's going to get the ball out like that. Joey Joe Joe Burrow will hold on to the ball. Yeah, he will hold on to the ball. So I'm like, that to me plays into what you want to do defensively. Um, we we'll, honestly we'll see. Since, like at this point, I'm like I'm trying to
1: just see because I, well that's what I'm saying. Both of you guys are fairly opt. I think more optimistic than mm-hmm. Kelsey and I are heading into this game, and I am just curious as to why. Here's the thing. Here's the and thing. I'm sure there's fans that want to hear the why because they want to be optimistic. It's just and yeah. maybe they'll surprise me. But I would say this to Cowboys fans: if they go zero and two. Do you know how likely it is that 0 2 start teams that start, teams that start 0 and 2 make it to the playoffs? 12 percent. Yeah, i was, not, was gonna say less than 15. I'm not
2: saying right off the season, but I'm but what I'm saying mm-hmm. is it doesn't look good. And mm-hmm. what you also have to keep in mind too, and and I'm not trying to be you know pessimistic over here either, but. Look at the division. Look at the rest of the division. And the Eagles beating the Yeah. That was wild. That was wild. But even the Eagles, they did a really good I think they had a really good off season in, in building their team. I really think they were productive and you know, as much as I love to hate on the Eagles, you can't. When they're being productive and they are going to be a legitimate threat to the NFC East this team cannot afford to lose and they also can't afford to just say okay well what if you know we lose and then Dak comes back Dak can save it all Mm -hmm. I I don't I don't necessarily think it's fair to put Dak in that position either so in the meantime I'm trying to be optimistic here and saying that look it's it couldn't be much worse than what we saw last week pre dak injury right it couldn't be much worse uh given you add cooper rush in this mix i am not going to count cooper rush out just yet and and that's only because i don't think we've seen enough of him to be able to to say that we we've seen I cooper have. rush oh see there we go but <laughs> the thing is is Dang. we we can't we can't uh, uh, me my cowboys fan brain is saying look if if uh, <laughs> if the defense was able to hold Tom Brady to 19 points last week, I I think you really rely heavily on leaning on the defense and leaning on the run game. Two things that you do absolutely have. You have two good running backs. You got the fuss. They lost Chris Godwin in the game and couldn't even capitalize on it. Yeah, that's what that's what
3: that's what concerns me. But part I, of uh, the reason, but part of the reason why. <laughs> They had one real threat in that game. The the only optimism that that you're finding for me is the fact that I do think that Dallas has the pieces to replicate what the Steelers did last week. Now, granted, they were playing very inspired football because of the black forces. Um, because of Mike Tomlin, but I do think that you still have the pieces to come out here and play. <laughs>
2: Let's
3: and play. go. I'm just I'm being honest. I know Mike amazing. McCarthy ain't pulling out no black forces, but at the same time, like... Dan
1: Quinn, Dan, Dan Quinn, I Dan think Quinn inspires. might pull, yeah,
3: he actually might, but he I inspires. do, listening to the defensive players... I, it sounds like they understand the gravity of the situation yeah. and that they're going to have to come out to play. So that gives me hope.
2: At the end of the but, day, we can just see what happens. But like, the, on the like, offense, with the running the ball part, you know. I know
3: everybody's like weird about running the ball. The Tampa Bay Bucks defensive line is no joke. It's, it's, it's no joke. And if the Cowboys didn't beat themselves with penalties, they probably mm-hmm. would have continued to move the ball. Like you said, we didn't get the chance to see it. Yeah. So. I personally think that what Tampa Bay has on their defensive line is 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 heavier than what is on the Bengals defensive line. Even the linebacker position, all respect to you know to what they have at the Bengals um, linebacker wise, but like a Devin White and those guys are a different level. And I feel like the Cowboys did see some success there, even though they went away from it. So this is a wait and see game for me. I don't yeah. know about everybody else. I'm trying to see what they do with it, and then after that I see what what happens with Cooper Rush with a number one situation, with a number one level offensive line and all that stuff, and I see what he does. And
2: your weekly reminder, that was only week one. Right. Know, and, no and, no. and and that's that's for everybody. That's for the fan base. Like the sky was falling on Twitter this week and, and it's it's week well, one I, I
0: understand why. I like, I get I, it. I, I, get, like, I yes,
2: get it. Like, I feel the I, frustration. I, just, I get I it. I
0: honestly feel like at the same time though, like we, we keep on talking about like they're not capitalizing and they're not doing this and I can't help but go back to the fact that like are they even capable of doing that mm. with the tools this front office has set them up to have at their availability for the season like I just that's where I struggle mm. like I really do we're saying like well they need to capitalize they need to like you know the defense like yes the defense can get you field positions but then what is Cooper Rush and you know C D Lamb and the lack of a consistent run game going to then turn around and do with it like that's where I have the hardest time where I need a little bit more of them holding up their end of the bargain yep because the defense can, can do as much as they can do. Yeah. But, like, if you can't score points, it doesn't matter. Like, there's a team in basketball, Grinnell College, who literally does not play defense. <laughs> they just go down the court and they shoot three-pointers. But it's not the other way around where they don't score points and they only play defense. Like, yeah. that's not how the formula works. So, like, mm-hmm. that's where I have my biggest concern. I'm like, I kind of wish the tables were turned a little bit where mm-hmm. I could at least rely to get someone on the board who's, like, going to be able to get me points. And I just, that's where I
1: struggle. Yeah. Well, that's and I house. think the other thing that just stands out to me, I was listening to, you know, you, we've talked about penalties a lot mm-hmm. uh, this week on the show and rightfully so Jerry Jones was asked about that. on want to fight through the fan this morning. And even he conceded that there's been such a point of emphasis on penalties. But when do we see that? That's my frustration. <laughs> I mean, last year, even before the Broncos game, I'll never forget Mike McCarthy oh. saying they had, they had spent one of the days specifically, on penalties, like a major focus. And I know this was a major... And even Jerry was talking about the day, like, we know it's a point of events. we got to continue focusing on that. And so, essentially, it was across the board. I mean, you're talking about holding people other than just the players accountable. I mean, it's I guess it's on the coaches, too. But ultimately, kind of bringing this thing full circle, Kellen Moore has to do a better job of putting his players in a position to succeed. And I guess the question I... I have, and even though Jerry's response, even when asked if this was a predictable offense, he said, well, we went 12-5 and five last year. All right, f- fair enough. Fair enough. But I, I just, I, if it removed that record, 12-5, and five, when you look at some of these games, do you think that Kellen Moore has done a good enough job of putting some of his players in a position to succeed? And this is where he's really going to get tested this year. Because he got to. Because he has to. It was, <laughs> it was an embarrassment of riches yeah, with no some choice. of the talent that he had last year on this roster.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm going back to last season just looking at the penalties because you were talking about the Denver game with the amount of penalties. And, and it just made me think of, even Thanksgiving, the Raiders game with fourteen <laughs> penalties given—that was on both sides of the ball, right? They were the most penalized team in the in the league last year. Do I have yeah. to remind you of the lucky number again? But one twenty-seven, first- hundred and twenty-seven penalties is never acceptable. And to me, uh, look. I don't know how to run a football team. I'm not saying I do, but at the end of the day, if you are leading the league in the wrong things as the amount of penalties that your team had that cost you over 1000 yard, yards last season, how is there how are we still seeing the amount of penalties that we have seen so think some of it's I think it's youth too,
1: right? True. I mean Ooh, they've got right. a lot of youth on this team. And we've mentioned that. Right. I, the, I think you've got a lot yeah. of I think a lot of guys are trying to do too much. They're pressing a lot. A lot's being asked and this goes back to your argument Kelsey when you're relying on these young guys so much and you're not bringing in some of these veteran free agents this is sort of what you're going to get there are going to be these growing pains and I guess the only silver lining for me is the reason why the defense played so well last year I think is because in Mike McCarthy's first year they were forced to play so many young guys yeah and I think some of that experience met with the right coach to put players in the best position to succeed all of that translated into success and so I'm not saying I'm writing off the season, you know, with sixteen games to go, but it just doesn't feel like you've got the right personnel and maybe in some positions the right coach
3: to get the most out of what you've got on your roster. Mm -hmm. No, you're and I think me and you talked about like it hasn't it hasn't been a lot of talk about it, but the Cowboys brought in a new wide receiver coach this Mm -hmm. year and And for people
1: that may not know, Adam Henry Mm -hmm. is responsible for coaching up guys like OBJ and Mm -hmm. Jarvis Landry at LSU. Yeah,
3: so I don't know if that plays a role at all. So you also have a new coach in here coaching up these guys. Maybe the technique's different. Maybe the way he wants them. Like, all this stuff matters. And one thing that I saw from CeeDee Lamb, I don't think I really saw a lot from from him last year. But he had two penalties, if I'm not mistaken, this game. um, Offensive pass interference where he's pushing off of guys. And he doesn't. You don't need to be doing that. What it, are you it, doing? It, it feels a little desperate, right? Yeah. Like he, there's some he desperation looks, out there. And and part of that is the fact that I feel like it's I, part of it. I feel like a lot of it is the play calling. Like mm-hmm. I really do feel like it. And, yeah. I, and I hold, I hold people accountable. We talked about accountability. C.D. Lamb is going to have to play better. He's going yeah. to have to concentrate through these grabs. He's going to have to—he's going to have to catch balls even if they're not perfect sometimes. Because I—we hold Dak accountable as well for not having yeah. a great game. But that gentleman is going to have to step up there as well.
2: And I think there's a difference between growing pains and then what you're actually seeing out of the Cowboys. Yeah. Because it's okay to have growing pains. I'm not saying you're going to have a penalty-free game with—with with the amount of rookies that are being asked to step up right now. I'm not saying that. But it, it, at what point is is it not a growing pain anymore? Because this this seems like a heavier weight than a growing pain. This this seems like issues that have carried on since last year, and, and essentially were the reasonings behind the Cowboys not making a deeper playoff run than they did, um, and a lot of the same issues. Mistake. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Aisha we're seeing from the 49ers game into the it's, Bucks game. It's almost identical. And and <laughs> when does that's not a growing pain. That's that's I don't even know where to start with that. That's so many little things that have built up and built up and built up, but when do you get to start to see the pressures of those things being addressed one by
3: one because there's a lot of things just going on at once. I do think that I I personally, I do have faith that Tarian still plays better. And and that's just because um one of the holds that he got, he literally lost his helmet, the guy fell, they called a hole, it was craziness. But then the other, you know, the false starts where I want him to be confident. Like he and everyone talks about him being confident. I listen to his interviews and stuff, but he was you could tell that he was unsure. Maybe that was the cadence changing. These are things we don't talk about, like the communication yeah. of the like of the offensive line with these new offensive linemen being installed, new quarterback being installed, all that stuff. So I expect for Terrence Steele to have a better game. I don't think he played bad, but the penalties were so Ugh. detrimental that it's difficult to look past, and you know, his play. That you know,
2: outshined it. how yes. he played at the yeah, end of the day, because bad. you ask anybody this week, hey, Terrence Steele, and everyone's going to go, oh, three penalties in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, it outshines you. And and really, it it. Just there was a pulse to that game at some point. There was a pulse, there was a little baby pulse, right? It wasn't a big pulse, but there was a pulse, and those kind of things that give you just the lack of advantage with the field position mm-hmm. set you back. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I'm talking about. Those are pre-snap penalties that are just so unacceptable for this team. And, and so, uh, okay, Jane, back to your point I was, though. I was going to chime in there. I was like, the right. pulse lasted five minutes and 58 <laughs>
1: seconds on a 14 play you know drive.
3: But, <laughs> but to
2: your, to your point of why are you so optimistic? Here's the thing. Do I think the Cowboys could win this game? Yes, I do. But it, they have to at least show improvement. That's what I'm looking for this yeah. week. Is do I always want that's the Cowboys how, to win? That's how bad it is. Jane, that's where the bar is, guys. You know what? But do I do I want to see a win always? Yeah. Yes. But it, uh, do I want to get my my call for my dad upset that they lost? No, of course not. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, like I want to see improvement. That there's a pulse for the season, not just. Are you we talking about do it, we all whole meet season. each other in
0: Middleville? Like, let me ask you guys this. Like, because I. If I put my fan hat on, like, I feel that. Like, as someone who, you know, has worked for this team full-time, like, I understand it's the worst coming back into the facility on a Monday and you just got beat so bad and you're like, this sucks, you know? And, like, everyone's in a bad mood. Like, you're just overall impacted personally when the team loses. But then if I, like, take a step back, I'm like, okay, everything that we just talked about today – what about the fact of maybe we look at like a moral victory as the goal? Like is that more realistic for this stint
3: I don't in between
0: when when I know I know that I feel that I feel that but like Is after it a moral vi- Okay, let me last, ask you this.
1: Last weekend, Kelsey, is it a moral victory if they get a win over the Bengals? After what we saw last week against the Steelers, like are we as high on the Bengals right now as we were when the season started? Because before, yep. when you looked at Week Two, like oh my god, the Bengals are coming into town, like yeah. look at it's Murder's yep. Row, right? Yeah. Like right. But That's- if but if we see a performance from the Bengals like we saw against the Steelers <laughs> and the Cowboys manage to pull off a win, are we feeling any better on Monday? I think they're because it's a very still- Dallas thing to do for us to it say is- like they've got no chance and then for them to go get a win against the Bengals <laughs> right, at home. That's why
3: I just said I'm waiting to see And But I will say that, uh, yeah, against their defense, yeah. I, I, st- I, actually, I still think if you if you can score against their defense, their defense is no – their secondary, their safeties are no joke. Like, yeah, if you can do anything with them, I would I would expect their secondary –
2: their
3: nope. secondary is a little bit – All their right, are bit, yeah. tell you what, I'm going
1: to take us to a break, and I want you guys to marinate on this. Okay. Uh, when we come back, I want you guys to tell me what – Offensive player is going to step up, and we're going to be talking about on Monday. Mm. Oh, I like this. All right, <laughs> I know it's a deep barrel here, ladies. <laughs> we're
2: going
1: uh, to try our hardest. <laughs> Girls talk, boys talk. Uh, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. Yeah, How
2: sweet. Did you get to work on
1: time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Yeah.
2: Dr. Pepper is on its way.
1: So sweet. <laughs> League. baby there's nothing better, I bet you've probably done something that deserves a doctor never, did you invest your nest egg in an NFT yeah, and I don't even know what that is it's a non-fungible token everyone's done something
2: that deserves
0: Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns.
1: To Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Kelsey Charles, you work uh, for about a million different companies when you're not doing this, <laughs> and one of them is Lucchese Boots, which I love my first real pair of boots, but you were outfitting the head coach last night and had an interesting conversation with him, didn't you?
0: I did. So I did tell you guys about it yesterday I was going to hold them back unless he won the game. I failed in that regard, but I did think it was really interesting um, I was talking to him, and, I, and just obviously it's it's been a tough year thus far in yeah. the one game we've played, and he was like, "Listen, you know, dealing with failure sucks, but I actually would argue that dealing with success is harder, and especially in a place like Dallas. I mean, we've watched this team in years past where, like you just said off the air, Jane, like they start to feel themselves a little bit, right? Like, you know, they get their swag, and they're like, oh, like we're we're pretty good despite the fact like maybe they had a rough time before. And then, Vic Fangio comes in town and you're like, what just happened? So I think, you know, for me, I would look at this upcoming weekend as a really big test. I'm of the mindset where I'm stacking little victories. I want to stay humble. I need them to fix a lot of things. But like, yeah, I'll take a little bit of a moral victory. And offensively, if you guys are asking me a player, like, give me Tony Pollard. I, I, I need to see a lot of him this weekend. He's the guy that I'm going to look forward to add a lot to this team.
3: All right, Aisha. Um, Ezekiel Elliott for me. I, with um, the Bengals defense, like their safeties come down and I want to make their safeties have to come down and tackle. So I want, I really want them to run the ball hard. And I think Ezekiel Elliott, the way that he, in the way he does run the ball um, can help tire out that defense that kind of flies around for them. So for me, that's that's my guy. He sounds like he's prepared. Listen to his interview to take a lot of the weight. I hope they put it on him. He has legs in him, man. Let's go. You stole mine, but I'm gonna Barnacles. I'm gonna change
2: I'm gonna change mine up, and I'm gonna say chasing the storm, uh, Dalton Schultz. Because here's the thing: I think he was a clutch guy, and that doesn't really say much last week, right? But I I think if the wide receiver group isn't capable of stepping up, I, I really think you're gonna see those short passes to him, and and I think. He hasn't given us a reason to think he's not gonna to make the catches when he needs to be clutch. So and I'm gonna Ferguson. go with Dalton Schultz.
1: Uh, I'd love to see them uh, be able to establish the run and have it be successful. And they they've shown us that they can do that before. But if you're going to be focused so much on Ezekiel Elliott and you're focused on C.D. Lamb, give me Noah Brown. Okay, yeah. Let Noah Brown step up. If if they're not giving him a lot of respect, he just needs to run the right routes. Mm-hmm. And, he needs to be, and I would imagine that Noah and Cooper have gotten a lot of work together. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as more two guys, mm-hmm. uh, second team guys. So give me Noah Brown. I do want to uh, highlight when we look at the schedule, when you talk about filling themselves. Oh, Jesus. Let's, let's assume <laughs> they start off 0 and 1. <laughs> then they've got the Giants on the road, Monday night football. Then they've got Commanders here. Then they've got the Rams, which is where they could definitely fill the brakes. And then they've got the Eagles game. This is going to be an interesting stretch here because they are divisional games because they do count. That's why I fully expect to see Michael Gallup in Week Three. Mm -hmm. I think that's when you're really going to see him is when they're playing within the division. Um, But when you look, yeah. But when you look at that schedule, all right. So one, two, of of the after the Bengals game, one, two, three, four games because then they've got the Lions after that. What's their record in those four, Aisha? Barnacles, say Jane! Don't do this.
3: Mm-hmm. Say it again. Say, this, say the say teams All
1: again. Right. You've got Giants. Okay. There, Monday Night Football. Then they've got a, a noon noon game with the Commanders. Then they've got the Rams, uh, which I believe is on the road. Nope, that's yep. They are the on the road on for the road. that one. And then they've got the Eagles.
3: <sighs> I'm gonna say two. <laughs> to, I'm gonna say two or two to be safe. Okay, out of those, where four, are there games? two wins, Aisha? Barnacles, I didn't. You didn't ask for details.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was cheating, just trying to get something oh. out. Um, I Commanders
0: and Giants. Yeah. yeah,
3: that's the only. That's the oh. only ones because I think Philly, as much as I can't stand that green, has some nice things going on over there. That like, yeah. that AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts situation looks like a real thing. Now defensively, running you can run the ball on them, but other than that, like a. That's still going to be a battle because it's a divisional game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I say two or two. And then maybe that Rams game looking real iffy right now to me. That defensive end
1: of theirs for the Giants gives you pause when you think about this offensive line. And when you – uh, yep. You Give it know,
2: up. Give it up. And here's <laughs> another factor that could play into that, too, is Jack's return. If if it's the earlier return, then we're thinking. We're thinking six weeks. This oh, is six weeks at I, least. Right. But, you know, we're we're, Quit playing we're with going me on some left. We don't know who sorry, our quarterback's going to be by then. I'm just saying. Right. It might be what Will if it's Greer not even Cooper Rush? To be, be determined. Because they left the door open for competition. Right. It
3: sounds like it's a little bit of a door open. I'm just saying,
2: I don't think what we're seeing right now could necessarily be what we see coming um I the eagles game i, I it, it really for any position uh, offensively i i i'm going to i'm going to y'all do with that what you will but i i think the commanders they they have the best chance to win that game and the giants maybe I want to be optimistic and say yes. I just I, there's so many. She's unknowns. like our
1: positive Pat on the panel. Gosh. So Pat Doney at NBC Five is always the positive one. Oh. But I, I, I sense trepidation there. <laughs> Kelsey, did I get I'm yours sorry. before I wrap this up? Not I mean, listen.
0: I might I might even go as far as to go three and one because I feel like this team is a pretty good job of splitting divisional games. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my Carson Wentz memes ready, so like I'm going <laughs> to give them the win with the Commanders. Yeah. I think the Giants. I'll take the win there. Rams, I obvious reasons taking the L, and Eagles could kind of go either way, depends on how Hurts is if he's developed into like who they want him to be. Um, But you know that's kind of where my head's at. I kind of the Eagles is the one where I could go, I could go either way on.
3: But the but the Rams are having a similar problem as the Cowboys right now with Cooper Rush, with Cooper Rush being the only guy. You just made me think about it though that we saw offensively they are in a place to where they're kind of scrambling too for answers other than Cooper Cup,
1: Okay, so let me ask you this. Who do you trust more as your head coach, Sean McVay or That's Mike McCarthy? Bye, Jane, I bye. It's I time to end go, the podcast on that note. Bye. All right. We are going to wrap this one up. I hope that we're talking Victory Monday. I don't yes. enjoy being the wet blanket here for fans when we do this show. I just, but it would be a very Dallas thing to do to go win this game and get everyone's optimism and particularly Jerry's going again. Thank you for tuning in to yet another week of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and we will see you here next Monday right after all the press conferences. Go Cowboys.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
2: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!